The full power of the gospel of Jesus Christ is contained in the Book of Mormon, period. Remember this declaration by Jesus himself. Whoso treasureth up my word shall not be deceived. And in the last days, neither your heart nor your faith will fail you. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Book of Mormon podcast, episode 120. As always, you have Shelby, myself, and Kevin. Kevin. Oh, he said it himself. There you go. And we are in Alma chapter 30, part two today, right? We're going to dive back into where we left off last time. And really just to catch us up, we we talked about Korhor. He is an antichrist. He was going around and he was brought into different lands. And at this point, he some sometime in some lands he did have success, but in the land of Gideon, he was taken before the judges there. And now it's been decided that he needs to go to the high priest of the land, which is Alma, with the chief judge, I'm assuming, of Gideon. And that's where we're at now. Korhor is about to, if you guys know this story, you know what's about to happen, but this is going to be fun to talk about. But Korhor is definitely going to show his true colors here. So something that I neglected to bring up last time before we ended, because we ended a little bit abruptly, uh, Ms. Addie was a little fussy and well, we're still getting used to having the wonderful opportunity to be podcasting parents. Right. <laughs> right. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me. What's interesting is that at the beginning of the chapter, it talks about the freedoms of the people and yet it quickly uh, talks about Korahor being bound and taken before judges. And mm-hmm. so it's like, hang on a second. How are they free or how sort of free or what's going on? Well, the, the freedoms discussed were the religious freedoms, right? Mm-hmm. Part of that law that was instituted was the prohibition of persecuting people for their beliefs. And so I want to read from the Book of Mormon Student Manual about this, this matter. It says, clearly, Korahor was entitled to his beliefs, but when he sought to destroy the church, he broke King Mosiah's proclamation. It is interesting to note that whereas many in Zarahemla embraced Korahor and his teachings, the people of Ammon, who had lived most of their, of their lives, following Korahor-like beliefs, caused that he should be carried out of the land. They understood the danger of Korahor's teachings. So um, both those points, super important. um, And that kind of segues into how we can take a, a lesson, I think, from the people of Gideon and the high priest and the chief judge there, that... They saw, it says in verse 20, 
9, they saw the hardness of Korahor's heart. They saw that he would revile even against God. They would not make any reply to his words. They don't go and contend with him. Instead, they delivered him up into the hands of the officers and sent him to Zarahemla where he could meet with Alma, who's the high priest over you know, all of Zarahemla, mm-hmm. uh, and also, yes, the chief judge. So... I guess, Shelby, what do you, what do you take away from that? Like, From everything you just said? Do you, do you see what I'm saying where I'm talking about how when we meet a Korahor, mm-hmm. and even if we're just faced with Korahor-like teachings or beliefs. Or even temptations. Temptations, for sure. We should know how to respond. And it's not to try and like, to deal with them like our... We need to give over to a higher power. We need to call upon the power of God, the redeeming power of Jesus Christ. It's not, it's not within our capacity sometimes to, to deal with these situations. Well, and that's, I guess, yeah, I'm glad you clarified a little bit there, but I'm, I think that also is why we, we had our heavenly father who was willing to send his son, Jesus Christ, because he knew that we wouldn't be able on our own, right, to Mm -hmm. overcome these type of things that you're talking about. And so we do need to give over to a higher power, and that higher power is Christ to to lead us and to guide us. And, And sometimes it is through leaders within the church, right, seeking advice there, um, just somebody who might be more wise even, Hmm. right? Just more experience. Um, But also it has sound gospel knowledge. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what I think about that. I I see Christ right in the middle of all of that. So anyway, (laughs) Um, at this point, why don't we just dive into what goes on between once he's brought to Alma and the chief judge here. So, he goes up and I thought it was interesting choice of words here in the scriptures. It says, and he did rise up in great swelling words before Alma and did revile against the priests and teachers, accusing them of leading away the people after the silly traditions of their fathers for the sake of glutting on the labors of the people. Um, the two words that stood out to me here were swelling words before Alma I just thought it was interesting that that was the word that was chosen, um, which swelling is usually like an enlargement or, you know, something very, very big that's over, basically it's over what it should be size-wise or word-wise, I guess you could say here. So here he is just lots of big words, right? I would think saying to Alma and the high priest, accusing them of certain things. And we go into that. The footnote has a reference to the topical guide to boast. Mm. I, I definitely see that going on here. <laughs> but he basically tries to say what their intention is here, which is the sake of glutting on the labors of the people, which glutting is like benefiting from, right? Mm. However, 
we know that is not the intention of these people. It's farther from the truth. And Alma comes back and says, we know that we don't do this. We know that we labor with our people. They've labored with their people since the time of King Mosiah. He taught his sons to labor diligently with the people and not for their own sake. And so we know. He even says, Behold, I have labored even from the commencement of the reign of the judges until now with mine own hands for my support, notwithstanding my many travels round about the land to declare the word of God unto my people. So, and then he says, and notwithstanding the many labors which I performed in the church, I have never received so much even, or sorry, so much as even one senine for my labor. Neither has any of my brethren, save it were in the judgment seat, and they, and then we have received only according to law for our time. So he makes it very clear that Korahor is wrong here. He gives examples. He even gives an example in verse 34. Er, I love what he says, and I'm going to sum it up here with this whole glutting and kind of rant I'm going on here. Sorry. But he basically says, if we do not receive anything for our labors in the church, which is true, he just made his point. What does it profit us to labor in the church, save it were to declare the truth, that we may rejoice, or that we may have rejoicings in the joy of our brethren? So he basically says, he just cuts him down with the facts and says, why would we even try to benefit from our brethren besides the joy that comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ? And I just love that. Because he really, they are examples of living the gospel of Jesus Christ and standing, like their their actions convince, convince him of what's true. Does that make sense? It's not just their words speaking. We know their actions have held up through all these years and that they can honestly say, I have not, you know, taken from my people or benefited from my people besides the joy that he gets from sharing the gospel, right? Yeah. And I love that. I think that's why I like it so much because it's not just words. It is backed up by action. So good fruits, I guess you could say. That's another, I think, a strategy for what? Actually, yeah, I know it's a strategy (laughs) for determining truth and goodness is, Mm -hmm. of course, looking at the fruit. But what I also was thinking as you, as you finished that thought, what do you know more about? Do you know more about the good, wholesome works of those who serve in the church? Or do you know more about their misdeeds and Mm -hmm. their weaknesses? Um, What's interesting is that when we see the Korahors of today working through media or through whatever whatever means they generally only focus on the the worst behavior and it's very few examples and yet they they don't acknowledge they, the they uh, magnify those right, bad they, examples they magnify those bad um and they may be true right something that somebody said was not correct or should not have been said right but they they magnify that as to cover up all the good work that has been done by the that person as well. Um, 
And we, we see that in many different avenues of society today with the, the cancel culture. I was just about to say right? that. Right. Yeah. So now. Which is, yeah, the, the whole cancel culture thing, if I could just say that, that is completely what's the in opposite to the atonement of Jesus Christ. Hmm. Because we know that if we repent and we change our behaviors, that the Lord forgets them. And so we should then in turn forget them. And that goes into the whole concept of judge not, right? Like whatever you judge people on, you will also be judged by. It's not up to us to judge. And unfortunately, cancel culture is a big judging thing. And it's completely contrary to what the atonement, what Christ came here to do. It just completely opposite of it. Just had to say that. Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> what's uh, what's crazy is that in, in the next couple of verses, we see how stubborn Korahor is. Oh yeah. And and almost how like maybe detached from reality he is. So Alma in verse thirty five, after saying, you know, all the things like, don't you know this? Don't you know that? He says, if you know all these things, basically, why sayest thou that we preach unto this people to get gain when thou of thyself knowest that we receive no gain? And now believest thou that we deceive this people that causes such joy in their hearts? So he's saying, do you really believe that, that we're deceiving the people? Korahor's just answers, yay. <laughs> Even though he just gave all the reasons why the answer right. should be no. Right. Alma follows that question up with another question. Believest thou that there is a God? And Korhor answers nay. And Alma says unto him, will you deny again that there is a God and also deny the Christ? For behold, I say unto you, I know there is a God and also that Christ shall come. Now, what evidence have ye? that there is no God, or that Christ cometh not. I say unto you that ye have none, save it be your word only. Now, this, although that's definitely true for this situation, Korahor has no facts to back up any of the claims he's made thus far. He's he's used some information and and twisted the truth to try and and flatter the people to get the support of the people, but he has no facts to base right. any of his claims on. And this, you know, in Alma, instead of trying to defend himself, he realizes what he needs to do is defend the gospel of Jesus Christ because he is a representative of Christ and a steward over the dispensation. Can I just say, I love going from verse 35, or sorry, yeah, verse 35 to verse 37, where the the question he asks is, do you really believe that we would deceive these people, right? And Korhor says yes. And then I just love that Alma jumps right into the issue at core mm -hmm. here. He doesn't float around and try to defend more of why they don't deceive people or glut people. He just jumps right into what he knows Korhor is getting at. 
because he knows Korhor's intentions, I'm sure, by the spirit and all the things, and just go straight to the issue. Do you believe there is a God? I love that about Alma. Like I, when I was reading this, Kevin, I, I actually started laughing because I was like, go Alma. Just doesn't even put up with the nonsense that he had just went through a couple of verses of and just goes straight into the issue because he sees that Korhor is not complying. When he gives that answer, yeah, I believe that you're deceiving people still, you know, Alma's just like, let me just get to it. That's interesting. So I'm glad that you, you reiterated all that because what you said made me think about again how to deal with people who want to just focus that 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 you obviously you cannot get them to change their mind on certain I'm... certain things that really are are subjective right, right? It, Alma asking that first question after all of the things he said. I know we're being a little bit repetitive here, y'all, but we're trying to work through it too. <laughs> after all of the things that he had said, all the evidence to the contrary of Korhor's claims, he asked the first question to gauge, is Korhor open at all to, to the spirit? Is he open at all to persuasion? Or to facts? Evidence? Well, sure. Or is he a straight-up antichrist? Mm -hmm. Which is, a, from our last week, it's someone or something set up... In complete opposition. Complete opposition to the gospel of Jesus Christ and oh, the plan of salvation. It's a, it's another way to gauge, right? Because what if he would have answered and been like, oh, you know, okay, maybe you guys aren't or, deceiving or the people, he, but you're still bad people. Yeah, right? or like, right, if he had changed tactics somehow, then right. Alma could have been like, okay, I think he may just be misled. But that alerted him to a more serious issue, which is, okay, and is he going to deny the existence of God and Christ when... No one can prove that there's no God and no Christ. I really like that. So what I'm getting at here is we're trying to apply. I think what you and I are on the same path mm -hmm. here is trying to apply this to our personal lives, taking right. the story of Korahor and putting it into a daily life. And what I'm hearing is that questions are important when you're talking to if it's a person, questions are important, right? Because <laughs> sometimes true. if it's through social media, you're not going to be able to ask somebody mm -hmm. a question because it could just be content they're putting out, right? But by their content, you could probably judge, right? Fruit, look at the fruit of their works. Right. Um, but yeah, what I'm hearing is that questions are really important to gauge where a person is at, right? And so... Like I said, I know we're being repetitive, but from, you know, verse 36 of him saying, yeah, to him asking if there's a God and him saying no, man, I just, I found it just so interesting. And I, it just made me laugh that, okay, Alma just dove right in there. So anyway, we can continue. <laughs> yeah, just, and it shows like, shows the wisdom of Alma. It also shows just, I mean, 
I mean, he's had so much more experience dealing with subversive ideas and people um, than than Korhor has dealing with straight up studs, right. right? Defenders of the cross, if you will. So to, to dive back in where we left off, Alma says, you only have your word as proof that there's no God and no Christ or that Christ cometh not. In verse 41, but behold, I have all things as a testimony that these things are true. And ye also have all things as a testimony unto you that they are true. And will you deny them? Really interesting. He's saying, I have all things as a testimony of Christ and of and of God. And so do you, but you're going to deny them. Mm-hmm. Very bold, a very bold statement. And he asked him again, believest thou that these things are true? Right? He asked him. And he, he continued, he doesn't, it doesn't show the answer here. To well, that. he's, I think he's, it either is a rhetorical question and he doesn't even give a chance for Korhor to respond because he comes back in saying, behold, I know that thou believest, but thou art possessed with a lying spirit. Mm-hmm. So he calls him out again. Of course, he's, he's alerted he's been alerted by the spirit he knows something is up just based on Korahor's stubbornness and stiff neckedness and i would even say it it goes beyond those it goes to a straight up you've seen something and you know that what you're doing is wrong Hmm. yeah i just keep thinking of I think all of us may have had family members who have fallen away or may question. And this might be a good question to ask them, you know, not so intently. Okay. You know, like this is an antichrist and I'm not saying your family members are antichrist. What I'm saying is that when someone may be entrapped or entangled in, you know, Satan's web of, of lies or whatever it may be, a good question to ask that person can be, I know that you've had experiences with the gospel before, you know, tell me about those, you know, did you forget about them? Cause I know, and I know that, you know, so what's going on there? You know, like I'm just, I'm really trying to apply this to our lives and I like it a lot. Cause I just see it in every single verse of this chapter. And it's not somebody, it's not somebody who's struggling. It's somebody who is in outright defiance. Right. Right. Maybe to, someone to who's point. leaving, you know, the right. records are being taken off the church or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I just had that thought when you were talking. So after all this, you know, he, he calls them out saying, you know, I believe you're possessed by a lying spirit. The devil has power over you. In verse 30, 43, he says, uh, says to Alma, if that will show me a sign that I may be convinced that there is a God. Yea, show unto me that he hath power, and then will I be convinced of the truth of thy words. If there's one thing that I feel we know about Korhor is he has not read any of the scriptures. Because if he if he had read the scriptures, he would have known that that was a ridiculous thing to say in that circumstance. If that didn't prove 
his uh just his stubbornness and his almost he's almost fulfilling the prophecy of like um you know a, a wicked generation a generation of vipers right mm-hmm. uh seek yeah. signs right i know Science i seekers I, I butchered that verse but there's no way that Korhor had read the scriptures because if he had, he would have known that asking for a sign proved how ridiculous and, and how vile of a generation he was a part of. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you Ken, okay. because I don't know if I necessarily agree that he never read the scriptures. And the reason I say that is because Alma, when he asked that, when he says that, ye also have all the things as a testimony mm-hmm. and unto you that they are true and you will deny them. You don't think he read even a little bit of the scriptures? Yeah, okay, fair enough. Okay, I, I'm, I'm not, maybe he didn't here, understand them here's, here's or he what didn't I, read enough of them. Here's what I... But I wouldn't say he never read them. Okay, I will redact since this is a record, I'll go back and redact <laughs> what I said in, in the present. Not that he never physically read the scriptures, but yes, he did not understand them and he does not know them. Mm. Right? Yeah. Maybe he read for, you know, how do I pick this whole thing apart? But he didn't read with an intent to know whether it was true or not. Yeah. Right. Yes. So, but that still does what I'm saying. Yes. Which is, it proves that Korahor is a big phony. <laughs> yeah, and he uses it. You know, this is an if and then statement. You know, if you show me, then da da da. He's basically tempting God here, right? Which I believe that Alma says that in the next verse. Actually, mm-hmm. he says, "Thou hast had signs enough." Once again, goes back to you already know. Like you've had signs given to you. And he says, will you tempt your God? Will you say, show unto me a sign when ye have the testimony of all these, thy brethren and also the holy prophets. He even brings up the scriptures. The scriptures are laid out before thee and all things denote there is a God. So basically here Alma is bringing up all the proof that he has that there's a God Versus just Korhor's word that there's not a God, right? And he goes on to say, you know, the earth, all the things that are in motion, the planets witness that there's a supreme creator. But yet you still keep going about telling people that there isn't a God. And on top of that, you want me to show you a sign? You're going to deny it unless I show you a sign, right? Anyway, I mean, this just this is just somebody who is an antichrist, complete opposition, complete opposition, not even giving wiggle room at all. And so Alma, I love what happens next. And Alma says, I am grieved because of the hardness of your heart, yea, that you will still resist the spirit of the truth that thy soul may be destroyed. And that's got to be a hard thing to, to be a judge over, I would say. Because that's Alma's position. Right? He's oh he well no, he's the high priest, but there is a chief judge, right? 
but it's still a hard thing to have to talk and visit with somebody this hard apart. Any thoughts, Kevin? Korhor is not your run-of-the-mill uh, person who is doubting the existence of a god based on the circumstances that they're in. You know, I just want to make sure that we know who we're dealing with when we talk about a Korhor and an Antichrist. Um, so when, when Alma talks about all things are a witness for him. It's because he does know more than the average person. So like, and when I say that, he, as you, as you fight against something, you do have to know the ins and outs of it to be an effective fighter. Yeah. Right. If you're a, soldier you have to know the enemy's positions right and if you're fighting against a faith you have to know you have to know their policies you have to know their doctrines things like that now i know this kind of goes back against what i was saying like oh he didn't even read the scriptures we've we've i've repented i've changed my uh statement hmm. to be like he didn't understand them he didn't know them as well. And I just feel at this point, he's also just kind of pinning himself into a little bit of a corner. Um, and Alma knows that and he, he's going in for the kill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which this is going to keep the concept. Hold on real quick. Keep the concept of him being pinned in a corner. I want to come back to that at the end of this chapter. Just FYI. And I also want to say that when I say Alma's going in for the kill, he's he's going in for the like offensive, um, you know, strategy, if you will, that he's called to perform. You know, right. Alma as well, being the high priest, he's the prophet of the church. It is his. It is in his authority to 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 really slap Korhor down so because the, he's fighting against the church right and that's exactly what happens he he does say behold it is better that thy soul should be lost than thou should shouldest be the means of bringing many souls down to destruction by thy lying and thy and by thy flattering words, this is giving me flashbacks to First uh, Nephi when mm. Nephi kills Laban. It's better that one wicked man shall shall perish than an entire nation dwindle in unbelief. Right? Mm -hmm. We're seeing the same thing here. And anyway, he goes on to say, "Therefore, if thou shalt deny again, we you know I have one more last thing to say about the comparison with Nephi. It just shows that God is a consistent God, right?" Mm. The principles are true. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I just have to point that out. Anyway, continuing. Therefore, if thou shalt deny again, behold, God shall smite thee, that thou shalt become dumb, that thou shalt never open thy mouth anymore, that thou shalt not deceive this people anymore. 
So he gives them one last chance. If thou shalt deny again, then God will smite thee, right? And Korihor says, I do not deny. So he gets tricky here, okay? He tries to play around. And, you know, Alma ain't going to play no games. <laughs> but Korihor says, I do not deny the existence of a God, but I do not believe that there is a God. And I say also that ye do not know that there is a God. And except ye show me a sign, I will not believe. Basically, he's, he tries to get around the denying, but he's still denying God. And it's like, come on, poor whore. This is an example of his actions, I think, are more powerful than only his words. Yeah. Right? Yeah. His intent is very clear. It's clear to Alma, and it's clear to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's why what happens next happens. What happens? Alma says unto him, this will I give thee, or unto thee, for a sign, that thou shalt be struck dumb according to my words. And I say that in the name of God, ye shall be struck dumb, that ye shall no more have utterance. Now, when Alma had said these words, Korahor was struck dumb, that he could not have utterance, according to the words of Alma. <laughs> and now when the chief judge saw this, he put forth his hand and wrote unto Korahor, saying, Art thou convinced of the power of God? In whom did ye desire that Alma should show forth his sign? Would ye that he should afflict others to show unto thee a sign? Behold, he has showed unto you a sign, and now will ye dispute more. So that, that's an So that's an interesting thing that the chief judge said. He's asking about, you know, his is he convinced of the power of God? And then he says, in whom did you desire that Alma should show forth his sign? It's an interesting question. I didn't even think about it. Would ye that he should afflict others to show unto thee a sign? I think what he's saying is, what, what did you, you expected a sign that would affect other people? maybe other you know the the other wicked people right mm -hmm. but you didn't consider your own position and i don't know exactly where i'm going with all that but it, it is interesting that sometimes we we as members of the church even covenant keeping members of the church um we have to understand that we are not perfect and sometimes when we acknowledge the signs of the second coming, we need to remember that we are in the, the blast radius, if you will, of those signs. Mm. And so, I don't know. I just thought about that because I, I, saw, I saw maybe some of myself there like, well, yeah, I, I expect signs in a, in a good way, like in a faithful way. But in whom did I desire that God would show forth a sign? Hmm. Right? I don't know. I don't know if I'm reading too much into that, but I, I hadn't even read that verse really. And then as I read it out loud here on the podcast, I started thinking, what is he, what is he saying? What is he talking about? 
I think it's a invitation to study that yeah. this next week. Maybe come back to it. Or for you guys to study as well. And just just back to the scriptures, if if you didn't hear that before, the chief judge is writing down it, as a way of communicating now with Korhor because he's struck dumb. So now right. in verse four, uh, 52, Korhor puts forth his hand and writes, I know that I am dumb, for I cannot speak, and I know that nothing save it were the power of God could bring this upon me. Yea, and I always knew that there was a God. But behold, the devil hath deceived me, for he appeared unto me in the form of, a, of an angel, and said unto me, Go and reclaim this people, for they have all gone astray after an unknown God. And he said unto me, There is no God. Yea, and he taught me that which I should say. And I have taught his words, and I have taught them because they were pleasing unto the carnal mind. And I taught them even until I had much success, insomuch that I verily believed that they were true. And for this cause, I withstood the truth, even until I have brought this great curse upon me. So, if I may, and Shelby, I want you, I want your take on this too. Okay. When I read that, at first, the first time I ever read the account of Korhor, it was a little bit confusing because, okay, he's gone on this, this sacrilegious crusade to deny God, to deny Christ. And yet it comes out that he saw an angel. Yeah. Um, and, and did he know that it was the devil? Obviously he didn't think that he was deceived before, but he, he had some, he, mm. he had some experience with a, an, a supernatural being, right? An angel. And it taught him things, and he in turn taught them. And when he saw that they were pleasing to the carnal mind, when he saw that he could have success in, in turning people away from the faith and the gospel of Jesus Christ and toward this more uh, carnal, secular philosophy, that just got him more excited about oh, th this must be the real thing. Like this is, and so he's he's then convinced himself that it's true just through his, his behavior and, and through his experience with it. Hmm. And so I think this might be, I, I definitely think it's something to study and ponder and figure out like, how do we, how do we necessarily relate this to our lives? But I do know that when we, go down a path that um, removes God from our lives and really just focuses on the world and the, the merits of the world. Um, we can, we can lead ourselves to believe less and less in the power of God and more in the power of men and of ourselves. And that's like, it's not necessarily like it leads to apostasy, but it's, it's a slippery slope because you can be going to church. You can be going and, and partaking in the sacrament. 
keeping your covenants, but as you become less and less astonished by miracles and, and the hand of the Lord in your life, you, you'll fall away and it'll be a gradual sad thing. So I, I don't know where this thought is going and maybe it's just for the record and maybe it's something I need to study. But I couldn't help but think, why would Satan choose Korhor? Why was Korhor it, right? And then my next thought was, well, Korhor must have been, I mean, this is all just me thinking, okay? I'm just sharing my thoughts on the podcast. This is not doctrine, okay? So, you know, tie over the shoulder. Mm -hmm. This is just Shelby talking here. Um, I can't help but think that Korhor may have had some thoughts about the church or maybe some doubts going on or something or just trying to find an answer to a question or I don't know. And Satan saw this as an opportunity to come in and try to deceive him and pull him the other direction, you know, and, and he's tricky like that. And so I just, I don't know. I thought about that and what state of mind must have Korahor been in, but to be able to become that deceived as far as an antichrist to completely deny everything. Um, because that's a pretty extreme place to get to. I mean, the amount of people who get there are very minimal, very, very minimal. Most of us will have, you know, the spirit intervene and, and touch our hearts and know that we need to repent. Right. Much like Alma, um, his experience, you know, right. So there, Korhor had to have been in, some state of mind as to as to why Satan chose him to appear as in you know why he appeared to him as an angel. Well, there's there's always the unnerving sentiment that that I've heard before, which is Satan and his angels, uh, those who followed him out of heaven, mm-hmm. they didn't go through a veil of forgetfulness but we did. Mm -hmm. We don't remember him, but he remembers us and he knows who we are. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. And so why did he choose Korahor? I don't think we cannot say for sure, but very likely the reason that he chose Korahor and Sherem and Nehor was that he saw them perhaps lingering on the on the fence uh, the f- figurative fence in the war in heaven where they didn't really speak out for Christ but they also didn't speak out for Satan and he thought hey I'll come back for you right mm. I'll get you when you're down there it's a good point and, and what, what has he done? He's taken away their agency, which is exactly what he sought to do in the pre-earth life. Sherem lost his agency. Yeah. Nehor lost his agency. Korhor is now losing his agency. He can't even talk. Right. <laughs> yeah. And here, here's where it goes even a step further. He beseeches Alma that the curse might be taken from him. But Alma says... 
if this should be if this curse should be taken from thee thou wouldst again lead away the hearts of this people therefore it shall be unto thee even as the lord will so basically what's happened is korhor has used his agency so poorly <laughs> that now he's completely lost it he can no longer effectively use his agency and repent right and the Lord knows that, therefore Alma knows it, and um, it came. It comes to pass that the curse was not taken off of Korahor, but he was cast out and went about from house to house begging for his food. So we have Korahor now, like you just said, going from house to house. The curse is not taken, and what happened to Korahor, this knowledge is then immediately is as published throughout all the land. I would even say distributed because there's a proclamation sent forth saying to all the people that believed in Korahor's words that they need to repent unless the same thing is going to happen to them. And I don't know about you, but I would not want to be, <laughs> I would not want to be where Korahor is. Right. Because he is now struck dumb and he's begging for food, right? He he has no. He's he's gonzo. I don't I don't know how else to say it. You know what I mean? Right. And and this brings me. Do you have any other thoughts before? Okay, hold on. This brings me to my point about being painted in a corner, right, or pinned in a corner, like you said. And I'm jumping to the end of the verse here. But I just have to because it's a, it's a, and thus we see, and you guys know I like, and thus we sees. It says, and thus we see the end of him who perverted the ways of the Lord. And thus we see the devil will not support his children at the last day, but to speed, speedily drag them down to hell. This is what he's doing with Korahor. He got pinned into a corner, Satan got him where he wanted him, and then just left him. High and dry. I am not coming back for you. Dunzo. I got one over to my side. Now you're miserable. Bye. That is how Satan treats his followers. Can we, like, and I know that sounds so harsh. Like, surely no one would do that. No, Satan does that. Satan right. does it. Why, 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 why would you want to follow somebody like that? Why would you even, you know, it's just, this is why it's so important to be able to discern and ask those questions and make sure that you are not being pinned back into a corner before it becomes too late. And thank goodness, once again, I just see Jesus Christ in all of this because thank goodness Heavenly Father sent his son, Jesus Christ, so that at any point we can decide not to be pinned into that corner and repent and turn unto him and follow him and be free and have our agency to choose him, right? To choose Christ. I just see it so clearly. And and that statement right there, that we see that the devil will not support his children at the last day. Oh, it is so clear to me here with Korahor that he will not support him. He is not coming back for him. And then that's why I believe the proclamation was sent throughout the land to the people who did believe him. Because it's not too late for them. So please repent, right? Please don't, cautionary tell, please don't become like Korhor. Yeah. 
my, my thoughts exactly. <laughs> I know I jumped some verses there, but I just, I couldn't wait to talk about it. No, and that's, and it does sum it all up, everything that you said. There is an anecdote in verse 59 that Korahor, he went forth among the people, yea, among a people who had separated themselves from the Nephites and called themselves Zoramites, being led by a man whose name was Zoram. And as Korahor went forth among them, behold, he was run upon and trodden down even until he was dead. And um, I don't know exactly what the what the context there is. I think maybe he he went forth among those people. There, as we will see in the next chapter, they are an apostate group of Nephites who have separated themselves. And it, it says that Korahor was trodden down, run upon, even till he was dead. I just see that maybe as a um, he was just, he had to resort to living with hard people, people who, um, well, I mean, like him didn't really accept Christ, didn't live gospel values. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't see that as being an immediate death, right? Yeah. I see it as now he's on the the latter half of this you know steep decline in, into misery and spiritual death yeah and i do want to point out we did skip over verse 58 that the people who had listened to korhor they were convinced of the wickedness and they did return unto the lord so i did just want to throw that out there that yes. they did learn from the example of korhor and that just goes back to um, verse, where was it? Uh, 47. It is better that thy soul should be lost than thou shouldest be the means of bringing many souls down to destruction. What's also kind of interesting is that in this situation, the people, and I, I, I think, actually I know, <laughs> it's because of the establishment of the church in the land that another order of the Nehors didn't happen. Now there's no order of Korahor mm -hmm. after Korahor is outed and, and, you know, exiled. Right. Nehor, he was uh, sentenced to death after being found guilty of a heinous crime. And people continued to live after his manner for the next... 30 to 50 years, I think, right? If mm -hmm. not longer. Um, but that was because the establishment of the church wasn't, uh, well, the church wasn't as strong. That's why Alma and the sons of Mosiah went out to preach and strengthen the stakes of Zion, if you will, right? And brought them all back. And then now here's Satan's next attempt to break up the, the people of the Lord through, you know, misinformation appealing and appealing to the carnal mind, appealing to the carnal mind. Thank you. And it wasn't successful. And so that's also, there's a, there's a lesson in there as well that you need to be, that the church has to be strong and there's a benefit 
in everyone, you know, well, I, I guess that's kind of common, like, <laughs> of course, there's a benefit in people living the gospel law, but um, the gospel values, but we really see that here. Yeah, I like that connection. I didn't even think about it. I was just so set on the, <laughs> and thus we see <laughs> Yeah. The, the devil does not support his children. So anyway, I think, I think that's all we got for you. Yeah. Thanks was- for, for listening. I appreciate it. <laughs> if you made it all the way through. Yeah. Alma 30. It's a big deal. Yeah. I said that at the beginning. Um, next time we're going to be in chapter 31. Alma. He leads a mission to reclaim the apostate Zoramites, which is kind of cool. It was mentioned right there at the end that there's this people that separated themselves. We will learn a little bit more about them. Um, but I do want to, as as I sometimes do, I like to read the first verse of the next chapter. Because sometimes when we, we cut it so, uh, so quickly... Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, okay, done with one chapter, and then maybe it's the next day before we come back. There's something, there's sometimes more that we can we can get. Like, like we miss a connection. Right, we miss a connection between the chapters. So in verse 1 of chapter 31, now it came to pass that after the end of Korahor, again, I'm not necessarily sure that he's dead immediately, but... He, the end of him, the end of his preaching. Um, Alma, having received tidings that the Zoramites were perverting the ways of the Lord, and that Zoram, who was their leader, was leading the hearts of the people to bow down to dumb idols, his heart again began to sicken because of the iniquity of the people. So Alma, he's gone before, you know, forth among the people before as a missionary. Uh, to strengthen the church, to establish Zion. And he's just been face-to-face with Satan's latest tactic or stratagem, (laughs) right? Yeah. And so, and it says, having received tidings that the Zoramites were perverting the ways of the Lord. I don't know from whence or how he received these tidings but i have to wonder and this is just uh your thoughts yeah this is just speculation okay (laughs) maybe this was just the 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 spirit right as as the high priest of the land again he's being alerted to this Mm. and that's that's very much like the i think the the theme of the latter half of the book of alma you see that the prophets are being are being alerted to threats and guided on how to to deal with them and and that's described here his heart began again to sicken because of the iniquity of the people um so much investment on his part for the people. So. Well, I'm excited to get into it next week. Me too. It's going to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, well, 
We'll see you all next week on Alma Chapter 31. Bye, y'all. Bye.